You're listening to Sustainably Geeky, the podcast for everyday environmentalists. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sustainably Geeky, episode 37. I'm Jennifer, your host, and I'm joined tonight by the other Jen. Um, and we are going to be talking with Michael Zyman. Uh, Michael is the co-owner and president of Zyman Development, a company that has created and completed over 150 home building projects for families on Long Island Beach in New Jersey. In 2020, Michael realigned his company's mission with the aim of becoming a benefit to the environment to allow future generations to enjoy the ocean and beaches he loves. Every project that Zyman Development constructs from 2020 on will have a negative carbon footprint. Michael started OneTreePledge.org to offer a way for all builders to become carbon negative in a cost-effective and sustainable manner. Zyman Development continues to pioneer sustainable initiatives that provide better homes for clients while also taking proactive steps to combat climate change. So, Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when your folks reached out to me to uh, you know, ask if, if we'd like to hear more about your organization, it, it's funny because Jen and I had just finished um, reading the book that our previous guest wrote, and Jen was so excited to get started on something with trees, some kind of project with trees. And it just seemed like the universe brought this organization to our attention at the right time. So uh, we're really excited to hear about what, you know, um, what made you want to start One Tree Pledge? Can you kind of tell us the backstory? Sure. So, you know, the last year has been interesting um, for all of us. And when the start of the pandemic and quarantine, I started to do a little, a little more research online. And I was initially struck by pictures of the Himalayan mountains being viewed from hundreds of miles away, a site that hasn't been seen in, in many, many years. Um, pictures of the canals in Venice showing fish swimming for the first time in what was notoriously known as horribly polluted waters. Um, so it really made me start to think about the impact that we're having on our environment. And even taking it a step further, the impact with a lack of human activity um, how nature starts to um, flourish a little bit more um, or a lot more. So it really set me down a, a rabbit hole starting to research what the impacts on humans have on our planet um, and on climate change. And it was mind-blowingly eye-opening um, to say the least. So right then and there, I realized that I didn't want to be part of the problem. I wanted to be part of the solution. Uh, loving the outdoors, loving nature, building beach houses um, on the beach for families to enjoy nature um, is what I do. So, so I realized that not only my personal activities, but my business activities were a large contributor to climate change. And I didn't want that. So I started looking at multiple avenues to build a lot more sustainably, as well as how to minimize and negate or help to negate um, the impacts of our activities. So I started with, um, I started on many avenues, but where I ultimately wound up um, was looking right back to nature, what happens when, um, what happened when uh, people stopped polluting the, you know, the earth to the extreme that we've been doing it. Um, so we all learned way back in the day in science class, trees 
breathe in carbon dioxide, they use it for photosynthesis and they expel clean oxygen, um, what we all breathe. So that was really like an aha moment for me, realizing that nature you know, has a way of helping to heal itself. Um, and that led me to do a lot more research and how I could get involved and what the actual impacts of trees are. Um, so by trade, I'm a builder. Um, I'm not a horticulturist or uh, know a whole lot about tree planting. So I really started to do a lot of research and find partners that were. Um, so after talking to many organizations, I wound up a partnership with American Forests, which is one of the which is the oldest conservation organization in the country. Um, they've been working with the federal government to help reforest land since 1875. They through well over 150 years, uh, or sorry, just under 150 years of, of figuring out best practices, what trees work, bringing on specialists, scientists to, to help with their mission. Um, they seem to be the best fit to know what trees to plant, where to plant, um, and, and have the means and resources to do it, and also do it in a way where it's on federally protected land, uh, where the trees are going to have the best chance for longevity. Um, so that's a little bit of the backstory. Um, and, and then working with Jad Daly, the CEO of American Forest, we worked to try to figure out, um, how much carbon and greenhouse gases the trees actually sequester. Um, and, and then taking that a step forward, um, I wanted, I audited all of my building projects to figure out the greenhouse gas emissions from building the houses as well as utilizing the houses through electric electric, electric and natural gas burn. Um, and the numbers are staggering. Um, even though I'm building new highly sustainable houses with minimal, with, uh, minimal greenhouse gas emissions, it's still in the neighborhood of tons of, um, tons of carbon emitted every year. So um, again, breaking down the actual numbers and car and math we do it on our website we have a carbon math section on onetreepledge.org that breaks it down further um but we're using very conservative numbers um with a conservative survival rate um to figure out what these trees ultimately capture based on averages um and then we're planting a minimum of one tree or five thousand trees per each project which um, more than helps to negate all of the emissions um, from, from building and using these homes. Pretty, pretty ambitious. Um, I, I uh, was also very um, just flabbergasted at, at how nature looked during the pandemic. And um, it really, nature just bounced back, you know, almost immediately when humans got out of the way. Um, so that should tell people a lot about our impact on the planet. <laughs> Um, but so you've kind of explained the concept behind one tree pledge. Um, can you can you explain to our listeners how it works if an organization or an individual wants to get involved? What what do they do? What happens if they make the pledge? That kind sure. of thing. Sure. Absolutely. So this started out as just something I was doing for myself to align my personal interests with my business interests. And talking with many clients, I realized that lots of people want to do something good for the environment. They don't want to contribute to greenhouse gases, but they don't really know how. So that's when I decided to make the pledge more of a public pledge, create a website, some social media and put it out there. So 
multiple people or anyone could take advantage of it. So what we what One Tree Pledge is, it's a pledge for people, builders, companies to plant one tree for every square foot of their dwelling, whether it's an apartment or a home. Um, that one tree per each square foot, when you break down the math on averages, is going to negate or help to negate all the greenhouse gases um, from using it year in and year out. So through our partnership with American Forest, we made it extraordinarily easy that you could click a few buttons and buy trees and have American Forest do the planting on federally protected lands. Um, so they're doing it in a highly efficient manner where it costs only $1 per tree. Um, and if you go on onetreepledge.org, there's multiple avenues that you could take the pledge um, and you could click over um, and buy as many trees as you want. You could buy them all up front. You could buy them on a payment plan. Um, you could do it in multiple stages. Um, the goal is to make it seamless and easy. And that was, that's my intention. So people don't have to plant all the trees in their own yard or their neighbor's yard themselves. <laughs> they, they let someone else do the work for them. Exactly. And you're, and you're relying on well over a hundred years of research um, partnerships with the federal government and doing this on federally protected lands um, to ensure the, you know, the best survival rate for the trees that we plant. Yeah, that's great. Jen, did you want to jump in with a question or? Sure. So did American Forest not already have a way to donate to them? And so you created something that assisted or are you just kind of like in addition to something that already was in place? So American Forest has been out there raising money, planting trees before I ever got involved. Um, what I'm trying to do is just help raise awareness on how easy it is and the impact of how beneficial trees are to the environment. So prior to One Tree Pledge, anyone could just go on to American Forest and donate money. Um, but I'm trying to help educate people in a way to make it easy and also show how trees could offset their own personal um, activities. So, you know, like most uh, charities will reveal what percentage of their money that they receive goes to the actual effort. Do you have that number available? Um, so through our partnership, 100% of the money goes to the effort. Um, for every dollar um, you, there's a tree that's planted. Part of the money goes to, um, you know, monitor the trees to, to do further research, but that's the overall cost that we're able to do it at as $1 per tree. And that's the most cost-effective, cost-effective, um, way I, I figured out how to do it through all of my research through multiple organizations. Okay, I guess some people will get concerned, you know, like you would be taking a cut or some of your staff that might be helping, you know, or paying for your your hour labor. Is that the case or no? No, so I do not benefit at all um, other than our planet benefiting. So I personally have planted over 84,000 trees um, since I started this um, less than a year ago. And um there's no benefit to me other than trying to pay it forward for humanity. Yeah, that's great. And I love that you work with um, the, the federal government on land that's protected so that, like you said, there's there's a more likely chance that it'll actually the trees will actually last and not get cut down in you know a few decades or whatever. 
um, because that doesn't really help long term. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, there's no chance of the trees getting cut down. Um, You know, right now we're working with about an 80 to 85 percent survival rate on the trees. Um, Every tree, you know, they track um, and monitor for, you know, a, a long period to figure out best practices. But that is a relatively high survival rate. Um, given what they're doing. That's higher than I would have expected since I have a garden and I do not have an 85% survival rate in my (laughs) garden. (laughs) Um, Jen, you look like you were about to say something. Go ahead. Yeah, (laughs) mentioned like the forests and so are you able to tell us like which forest they're usually planting in and you know, what types of trees? Um, so this is where it's above my pay grade. Um, every, every, um, every year they, they pick, um, three or four areas to reforest right now. There's, um, projects going on in Texas. Um, I know there's going to be a big push, um, going to the California wildfires, um, that have burned over the last year and trying to help reforest those areas. And they're doing them with native species, but also species that are, um, to be more resilient. Um, so I, I know we've had multiple conversations about what's going to happen in, in California um, and what species are less fire prone, are going to support um, more um, diverse life um, and help the forest thrive. So this is where there's lots of research, people with PhDs, uh, this is all they do. Um, and, and that's part of the reason that I partnered with them is because they really do have the know-how um, to get the best chance of survival for these trees and to have the greatest impact with, you know, with the efforts that we're doing. Okay. So I'm curious, Michael, um, you mentioned, you know, when you started this process, you did a lot of research. Uh, why did you pick trees? I mean, there's, there's a lot of other, um, you know, things out there that could impact the environment. So what was it about trees that really drew you in? So um, I'm doing multiple things, but to start, I wanted at first to figure out a way to help negate all of my greenhouse gas emissions. So I I looked into various carbon capture uh, methods. Um, You know, there's probably seven industry players in that space right now, and it's not not as cost effective as trees. Um, And I mean, that's the real answer. It's just not as cost effective. Um, and as the technology gets better, um, you know, I'm still researching, looking at creating different types of carbon capture systems, you know, also on a residential structure. Um, but this just seemed to be um, something that just clicked in my mind um, as a great starting point to combat climate change. Um, you know, I recognize the trees are part of the solution. They're not the complete solution. There's um, lots of work to be done on many facets and growing technologies from carbon capture, um, lots of things we're doing on the building front to be a lot more sustainable. Um, but this is just a start that was easy to wrap my head around um, and easy to implement. And Again, it's a start. It's not anywhere near the finish line, but that's where I chose to start and feel pretty good about it. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, it, there are some incredible technologies out there to try to capture carbon, like you said, but um, nature kind of invented the best one, right? I mean, tre- <laughs> trees are the, the OG uh, carbon sinks. <laughs> <laughs> one of them. Yeah, one of many. Um, 
Well, let's see, we talked about um, the success rate of the trees that, that you plant. Um, so, so is there uh, a chance, you know, whenever, you, whenever they are planted that they will be used for anything else or are they pretty much guaranteed, you know, to be used as park land or, or whatever? I mean, so I know this you is, can't guarantee it, but just- in So general. this is a hundred percent on federally protected land. So these trees are meant to grow. There's never any byproduct that's coming from the trees um, on any type of commercial or use for, for, for the trees other than to support uh, nature, the animals and the environment where they're planted. Awesome. Yeah, so I'll just, um, I know we talked about carbon sinks, you know, for the benefits of carbon sequestration from trees. Is there any other benefits from planting trees that you want to mention? I mean, there's a ton of benefits to supporting, um, you know, the animals, biodiversity. Um, they clean water, prevent runoff. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. It's hard to even quantify. Um, all the benefits that that really the trees do have. Um, and that's another reason that I partnered with American Forest because when I started this, I wanted to figure out how to help negate my greenhouse gas emissions. And there's obviously certain species um, or various species that grow a lot quicker, but doing it in a much more diverse way versus just planting rows and rows to support animal diversity and create all the benefits that come from that um, were a lot more important um, as you start to open your eyes and realize all the benefits um, that, that come from reforesting um, areas and, and doing various types of plantings. Yeah, we've done um, a few podcasts on sustainable design and development, lead certification for buildings, and we've mentioned the Forest Stewardship Council, making sure that, you know, the wood that you buy has that stamp on it. Um, are there any other you know, recommendations you would have for people on when they do have to use wood, what to look for? Um, I mean, where you source the wood um, obviously is very important. The majority of um, mills now are requiring people to, to have certifications on their lumber. Um, you know, I'm happy to see as a builder, no one wants to talk about lumber prices going up. Lumber prices have effectively doubled over the last year. To me, it's kind of a good thing because we need to find more sustainable alternatives um, and how we build and construct things. Um, but as far as people using wood, I would, hmm, that's a good one. Uh, I, I'm not really sure. I would say to look, in bamboo, look at bamboo um, you know, it's a, it's a quick growing grass that that's a lot more sustainable. I'm starting to look at, um, ways of substituting, um, traditional lumber with bamboo in my building. Um, is so I don't there, have a good answer for it. Yeah. I'm still looking for the right alternatives. Is, is there access to a lot of reclaimed wood in the building industry, or is it mostly not, um, I guess in good enough quality by the time for what you'd use it for? Yeah, um, as far as reclaimed lumber, um, it's it's primarily used a lot more for aesthetics. Um, people taking off barn siding, putting it on a floor, putting it on um, you know some type of cladding or um, interior aesthetics. So I, as far as the reclaimed stuff goes, um, I think it's more 
you know, an aesthetic appeal, but it's great to upcycle and reuse, um, you know, what someone else is not using. So I'm definitely a proponent of that. Yeah, palettes are all the rage. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Jennifer mentioned in the beginning, I was like super excited when this all came to fruition because it was literally white, right when we were talking about trying to create a movement behind the new book that we just read from Sarah Wilson, um, all about climate change. And I was like, why have we not created like an ice bucket challenge version for like planting trees on social media. Like this should be a thing that has happened already and it hasn't. So my proposal to you, <laughs> if you would like to accept it is, you know, we can help get it out, you know, out there. If you have folks in your, like you said, you have social media folks that might be able to help, but our idea was is to take pictures with like friends, family, yourself and your dog, whatever, like hugging a tree, your favorite tree in your neighborhood and do a donation to a charity. So we could use your charity as, you know, something that we can help promote through this effort. And hopefully it'll get as much traction as the ice bucket challenge did. I love it. All right. All the pain. It. Yeah, the pain of the ice. <laughs> I mean, it's too easy, right? Like everyone is obsessed with themselves and taking photos and like getting the word out there. Um, Earth Day is coming up. Arbor Day is coming up. This is like perfect timing. So let's make it happen. I agree. I'm all for it. All right. Well, as long as your site can handle multiple people at the same time, my only question is, is like, after you've donated, is there a way to post it to social media to show like that you've donated? Absolutely. So uh, once you take the pledge and donate, you get a, uh, you get a certificate um, that basically says, I took the pledge, how many trees you planted, um, it has your name on it. It could be anonymous, um, but absolutely. Um, your email, the certificate. That says share to like Facebook or something. We could definitely create something with a button to share it. Yeah, you can download the photo and share it that way. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know like how much work went into the ice bucket challenge to make it so successful, but it was just the ease of like I did look at your site and it is really easy to donate. Like we just need to make it, you know, simple, quick. People can spend five minutes on there, make it happen. And then they can like click Instagram, Facebook, whatever. And then they take their picture hugging a tree and then it's done. <laughs> or a video. Okay. They you get do. us started, Jen. You got to hug the first tree. I mean, I will. We just need to make sure there's a good, make a good like, hashtag. Let's set you up with like the good Facebook, Instagram button, like way to share on social media. Otherwise we're going to like make it too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> you I let us it. ready and we'll get started. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> um, so how many uh, participants do you all currently have in this program? Or, or I guess, you know, how, how many pledges have you collected? Um, this point? That's, that's a good question. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, I know that we started very recently. You know, I started this um, last Earth Day was when I had the idea. So we're less than a year old. I put this out to the public uh, only a couple months ago, and we've had several people take the pledge. We also just 
uh, formed a partnership with a group called ResNet. Um, they're in the building industry that rates the um, heat loss and air efficiency in a building envelope. So they are um, their mission is to make building envelopes a lot tighter, which reduces HVAC consumption, which in turn lowers greenhouse gases. So they just um, celebrated their three millionth house um, that they've that they've audited. Um, and as a um, kind of another partnership with us, their goal is to plant uh, an additional 300,000 trees, which will help to sequester um, over 3 million tons or 3 million pounds of carbon each year. So 3 million homes, 3 million pounds of carbon. It's got a nice ring, 300,000 trees. Um, so that's, um, you know, another group that we just partnered with um, to help further our efforts. Great. So when you mentioned that much carbon sequestration, is that like a full, when it's full grown or are they planting trees when they're like one or two years old? How does that, how does that ratio work? Yeah. So they, they um, raise seedlings. They plant the trees when they're very young. Um, the trees have um, an average life of over 50 years. Um, so when you talk about sequestration, we're looking at over the life of the tree, it obviously starts out slow um, and gets quicker and quicker and quicker as the trees get older. Um, so based on, again, just very rough averages, each tree sequesters between a 10 and 13 pounds of carbon per year, each and every year. Um, so when we run our math, we're taking the low end of, you know, we're taking the 10 pounds um, per year as, you know, as a basis for doing our calculations. Okay. Well, um, so if folks want to get involved, how can they um, sign up or what do they need to do? Uh, OneTreePledge.org, take the pledge. All you have to do is put in your name, the amount of trees, a credit card, click yes, and you're off to the races. Um, so the goal, if people want to negate all or help to negate all of their greenhouse emissions from their building, where they're, wherever they're living, um, one, tree per, one tree per square foot will do that. So if you're in a small apartment of a thousand square feet, 1000 trees will help to sequester all of the greenhouse gases from heating, cooling, electrifying your home. And you only have to do this once because the trees again, live for over 50 years. So you're, you're sequestering the greenhouse gases each and every year uh, for the next 50 years. Pretty cool. One-time investment, long-term yeah. payout. <laughs> there you go. Um, Jen, did you have anything else? before we move on? Um, no, just make sure we let us know when you're ready for social media and we will, we will send it out to the masses. I love it, tree, hashtag tree hugger. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. We're gonna call it the hug a tree challenge. <laughs> you guys figure out how you wanna do this, but we're gonna put you in charge, okay? And then <laughs> I think you guys got great ideas. <laughs> I'll run with them. Okay. Work together. Yes. Um, well, Michael, do you have any other resources you would share with our listeners? I know you mentioned a couple of organizations. Um, any books, uh, podcasts, movies, documentaries, anything like that? Uh, so I just finished uh, Bill Gates's new book, Pre uh, Preventing Climate Disaster, which was awesome. Um, I'm listening to highly, that now. <laughs> highly recommend that. I do the audiobooks too. So I said I read it. I have to, you know, confess I did listen <laughs> to it. Um, that was a great one. 
Um, and I know, so let me think of something else that was just coming to mind. I'm just going to look at my collection of books that I've been reading because I do have a couple good ones. While you're looking, I just finished the Paul Hawken Project Drawdown, and that one's awesome too. If you guys are Pro looking, Project, Project. Yeah, he wrote a book, but it has a whole website now, and it's um, like a basically all the solutions combined of what we can be doing to reach our goal of becoming carbon neutral eventually by 2040. Um, and there's a like a like a 101 training on YouTube and and on their website. You can like learn everything you could want to know about it. Mm -hmm. Another great book I read. I mean, this is not sugarcoating. You know, our reality is um, the uninhabitable the uninhabitable Earth by David Wallace Wells. Highly recommend that. Um, especially to any climate skeptic out there. Um, but it's a non-sugar-coated version of what we're, what we're facing right now. Um, so I think between that, um, Bill Gates' new book, it's a little more uplifting, optimistic, and how we have the um, tools, resources, know-how we just have to really start to implement uh, to get to net zero. So those are yeah. on the top of my list. Great. I love hearing so many diverse voices coming um, and talking about this because we really do need everybody pitching in and, and sharing this knowledge if we want to reach everybody um, and, and get them on board. Absolutely. Um, well, I really think what you're doing is great. Um, you guys, you know, I, I know you said this is kind of a passion project for you. It's not necessarily what you're an expert in. So you engaged experts and educated yourself. And I love that. Um, it, it just goes to show folks that you can start where you are and use whatever platform you have to make a difference. So um, for people out there who are thinking, you know, I don't, I don't know about this or that, you can always do something and, and make a difference in the world. So we appreciate you, you um, doing that and showing people what they can do to make a difference. Um, what's next for One Tree Pledge? Do you guys have any, any goals that you're working towards right now? Uh, so we want to we want to get to the um, end of the year and plant a million trees. So that's our that's our short term goal. Um, yeah, that's great. That's a very ambitious goal. That's <laughs> it's, you know a drop in the ice bucket compared to what's needed. So. <laughs> well, hopefully, folks that are listening will sign up, sign the pledge, and um, help out however they can. Um, where can we learn more about One Tree Pledge? Where can we find you online? More information? Uh, so it's onetreepledge.org. Um, we try to really condense the information down. And then there's some, you know, back pages to break down some of the science, the math. Um, and you could get pretty much all the information about One Tree Pledge, what we're doing, how we're doing it there. Um, onetreepledge.org. And you're on all the social medias? I'm guessing. Yeah, we're on Instagram at One Tree Pledge, uh, Facebook, One Tree Pledge. Um, right. Trying to hit the major platforms. Well, we'll provide links to all of that in the show notes. And um, if you want more information, I'm sure you can just reach out to the organization and um, get get in touch with Michael or someone at you know One Tree Pledge. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? 
that you haven't um, about? You know, I have a lot I'd like to share. No, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how relevant it is, but you know, I I think that there's definitely a, a shifting awareness that's going on. And I think people are waking up to the reality of climate change and people want to get involved and they just need, they just need ways to do it. Um, you know, talking with friends, most of mine have taken the pledge um, just because, oh, it's that easy. I, I could do it. Um, so people just need to open up their eyes and think about what they could do. Um, of course, we made it very easy at OneTreePledge.org, but you know we're facing real climate change, and we need lots of people taking various actions to solve it for you know future generations. And I'm hopeful, confident humanity will prevail. Um, and this is just you know kind of like the first inning. So everyone, open your eyes and figure out what you could do. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a great message to end on. Um, well, again, thank you for being on the show and um, encourage all of our listeners to check out your organization. Um, you can find the show on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And we are part of the Epically Geeky Network. So you can also go to epicallygeeky.com slash sustainably dash geeky um, to find all of our past episodes. We're also on all the podcast sites. Um, so if you like us, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, thumbs up, whatever the website asks um, of you. And you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Het's Gonna Be Me. And I believe Jen is exclusive to our show. So if you want more Jen, you, you can come here to Sustainably Geeky. Um, Michael, thanks again for being on. We really appreciate you and good luck with uh, raising a million trees. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me and, you know, introducing me to your listeners. This has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. 